Welcome to The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. Welcome to The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges. We are your official hosts, Omar Ramos and... And I'm Veronica Cruz. Thank you for joining us on this special parenting series, The Struggle is Real. Now, the purpose of this podcast is to learn better ways to motivate our children. And we're talking children from toddlers to young adults. We've titled today's discussion, To Bribe or Not to Bribe. Mm. Mm-hmm. Today, we will be discussing different ways to encourage kids to want to complete a task on their own. And just to add to that, we'll be sharing insights and tips from the book, The Struggle is Real, by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Lajos, written for today's Millennial Parents. Now, we will be presenting interactions between parents and their children through skits. After that, we will be discussing with a panel of special guests different ways of dealing with each situation. Dr. Alicia Lajos, clinical psychologist who's been working with many couples and families for more than 10 years. She's also CEO of Family Bridges and the co-author of The Struggle is Real. And Victoria Garcia, a 14-year-old high school student. Thank you, both of you, for joining us today. To bribe or not to bribe? That's the question that many parents are familiar with, or maybe not. Dr. Alaos, is it the best way to get kids to do or excel at something? Well, immediately, maybe. Something that they really want, they'll comply right away. We all have Mm -hmm. experiences of it. The question is, what about in the long term? Hmm. Are you going to always be bribing them to get them to do things? Well, how about we listen into our first skit, and then we'll get back to the discussion. Let's get into it. Hey, Dad. Daniel, would you explain to me why I caught you crawling through the window back into your bedroom at two in the morning? The front door was locked. Where were you? I can't believe this. I can't believe you. What's wrong with you? Your father and I have been up all night. Do you have any idea how inconsiderate that is? What that does to us? We didn't know what happened to you. We didn't know where you were. What did you want us to think? That you were dead? I, I would have been home sooner, but I couldn't get a ride. Why didn't you pick up your phone? Why didn't you answer us? M- my phone is dead. See? I'm, I'm sorry. Were you with that girl again? She has a name. You don't want this to get worse. Yes, I was with my girlfriend. What do her parents say when she comes home at 2 in the morning? They let her do what she wants. Besides, we weren't out. We were at her house. How can we believe anything you say right now? It's the truth. It's not like we were out doing drugs. We just fell asleep watching a movie. I didn't call you because I didn't want to wake you up when I was coming right home. My phone was at or else I would have texted you. See? How did you get home? I had to Uber. Without a phone. Monica ordered it for me as soon as we woke up. I would have been home earlier, but it took like 20 minutes to find one. And then he took a really long way home. Give me your phone. Okay. And you aren't getting that back. Ever. You aren't leaving this house except to go to school. You will be back from school at 3.30 every day. How will you know what time I get home? You both work until 6. And we don't have a house phone. Are you going to make us babysit you now? How old are you? I'm just saying it's an impractical punishment. You have no way to enforce it. I can't. I can't talk to you right now. I'm too upset. Talk to your father. And don't you think this is over? Tomorrow morning, I'm calling that girl's parents. We'll see what they think about their daughter staying out until 2 in the morning. He's really upset. We both are. I would have called, but I thought you guys were asleep. If I had a car, I wouldn't have trouble being home on time. You should get ready for bed. You have a long weekend ahead of you. We'll start by sealing those windows shut. So you're just going to keep me inside the house? 
That doesn't make any sense. I've been asking for a car ever since I got my license. If I had one tonight, I could have gone to Monica's house earlier and been back on time. You stayed out past curfew. You had us worried sick. We're not going to reward you. If you want a car, earn it. If you give me a car, I will earn it. I can pick up groceries. I can drive myself to school. I'll have more time for homework. It doesn't have to be nice or anything. If it breaks down, I could even learn how to fix it. Like you did when you were my age. We'll talk about it tomorrow. That's what you always say. Look, I see a problem. I'm trying to fix it. Don't you want me to be self-sufficient? Maybe you're old enough for a car. But you gotta shape up, alright? I can't very well go car shopping with you the day after you break your curfew. Be good this week. Do what your mother and I say and maybe, maybe, we can start looking at cars. Deal. Now get ready for bed. No sleeping in tomorrow. Okay. Good night. Well, I'd like to start off by apologizing to my parents, because I think I made them go through a situation like this once. <laughs> oh, the memories. Did you get oh, a car? No, I did not. I got, oh, good. I got something a lot worse than that. A lot worse than that. So we have a 16-year-old boy sneaking back into his room at 2 in the morning. He's caught by his parents, both of them, after staying out all night long. There's an argument, and somehow the son convinces the dad to give him the car in exchange for honoring his curfew that he had just recently broke and did an honor in exchange for being more responsible. There's obviously a history of bribing in this relationship. Doctor, can you explain to us what just happened here? Adolescents are great negotiators. We teach them that, that by giving them things constantly, and it starts really early, they know that they have us in their pocket. It might work at the beginning, but if you continue to enforce an environment of bribing, the kids, when they start becoming very variable and very lawyerly, plant a great case that a parent can fall into. You shouldn't be rewarding them for bad behavior. Mm-hmm. But the parent was obviously being won over, you know, won over by the child. And why is he being won over? Because there's a history of him doing so. If you go every day, you wake up in the morning mm-hmm. and you drink this Coke from a machine. One day when you put 50 cents in the machine, it does not give you your Coke. What are you going to do to the machine? Kick it. Hmm. Kick it. I mean, you're going to respond. You're going to push it, shake it up until it gives you what you're used to. That's what kids do. If you establish an environment where you give them things in order for them to do behavior in exchange, they will shake it up and they'll use that later on to corner you. Behavioral psychologists have uh, studied and say that in order for a reward to produce the same effect, you have to keep increasing the amount of the award so that the award can generate the same value and desired behavior. Can you expand a little bit more on that? Maybe at the beginning it worked to give him chocolate to clean a room. But the next time that chocolate is not as interesting anymore, mm-hmm. becomes a dollar for every A that they get. But then once they got $5 for the A's in the report card, so the next report card, they're going to need $10 in order for them to get that A. When you have those types of rewards to create that same effect that they originally had, it has to be greater. It's what happens with drugs, right? Mm -hmm. In their system, in order for them to get that first high, they're always trying to get more and more and more, and then they start eliciting other drugs at the same time. 
those rewards are activating those same kind of pathways in the brain. And so you need more and more in order for it to be equally rewarding. And I think we just saw that with the 16-year-old. Now he wants a car. This youngster right away offered a solution. And sometimes some parents are like, they're so frustrated. They got so many things in their head. If somebody comes with a solution, you're like, you just kind of tap into it right away. Victoria Garcia, 14 years of age. What did you just think about this bribing relationship? And have you ever experienced something like this? I most definitely have done this before. It's obviously our way of getting what we want because it's kind of what we've learned and we've picked up. Sometimes we feel that adults don't always notice this. We're kind of like, I'm just going to act like I'm trying to fix this and I'm going to fix it only if I get what I want. There was this one time that I can remember with my mom. Mm -hmm. She wanted me to eat everything I had in my plate. I had overserved myself. And as we can imagine in like Latina culture, you need to eat everything on your plate or you can't leave the table. I was telling her how my stomach hurt. So I was trying to like make this agreement where I could give some of my food to my brother or my sister so I could get up because I can't eat anymore. She kept on saying, well, you know, maybe you're right, because eventually it just kind of becomes an instinct. If I give you enough reasons, you're going to give me what I want. Dr. Laos, what happens when they reach adulthood? They have to go into the real world. We're not going to always get the carrot stick. We have to comply and we have to follow traffic laws or whatever mm -hmm. and do things. We're not going to necessarily get rewarded for those things. So we need to learn how to be motivated outside of these external motivators. So there's got to be some internal change. We got to get beyond that. You expressed change instead of bribing. You encourage us parents to ask ourselves, how can my child's autonomy be increased instead of disinhibited in this task? There's a situation for token systems for toddlers, but as children grow and they developmentally, there's got to be some moral, there's got to be some development of character. Mm -hmm. And how do you do that if you're just always tossing a carrot stick at the end of that activity that they do? And so what are those motivators? One of them is autonomy. We all really have a sense of respect when we are able to feel like we own something. When we're able to make a decision and that decision is honored, then we have a sense of autonomy. And so you create autonomy by providing teens with options. Two or three, you don't give them way more options than they're able to. If you have a three-year-old, you say these are the three outfits that you can wear for this event. And they choose the three. If they're an adolescent, you could probably do the, you know, the same mm -hmm. thing when you go shopping with them. And you give them choices within the context that they're able to make choices. Discuss with them some of the consequences for their behavior. You know, I've done it with my son. I say, well, let's see, you did a wrong. And you knew that that was a breaking of the rule. And there's about three different possible consequences. Which one of these consequences do you think in what are the long term? And we discuss it. And then we apply the consequences he chooses. And he complies with it because he was a part of that. So there's a sense of autonomy when you're able to own and you have some decision making in there. When are rewards okay, Dr. Laos? Well, like if you have a little kid, you have a two-year-old and you're trying to get them to start a behavior, there's great rewards. I've taken a bunch of cotton balls in my house and put the cotton balls in a jar. And I say to my kids, if you do X behaviors, go to bed on time. But if I have to ask you a couple times to do things, I'm going to take away cotton balls. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day or the next day or at the end of the week, if you have five cotton balls, you can buy ice cream 
at home. And I get it. That's a little bit of that reward stuff. I don't do that forever. I just do that for a month to get them to start a specific behavior. And once they start the behavior and they have consistency, he says it takes about 33 days to 60 days to get a habit going. Mm-hmm. Once you get that going, you wean that off. Just don't be doing that forever. You talk about a, a story that happened in real life with the Dallas Cowboys back in the 1970s, the all-time great legend, uh, Tom Landry. What he did to get the best out of his guys, out of his football players. In a similar way, our task as parents is to be a good coach, a good leader like Tom Landry, to motivate our children to work hard to achieve their own goals and desires, not just our goals for them. How do we do that with our children? We encourage them to dream. We tap into that. We help them have goals. We help them have purpose. And then we become coaches for them to have purpose. So with the skit that we saw earlier, we were all just going, oh, my goodness. But let's think about it. Does this 16-year-old have any goals or aspirations other than just trying to figure out how to get a car? Mm -hmm. What would happen if this kid actually had purpose and was driven? What if he were involved in a cause that's greater than himself? Would Mm -hmm. he really be lost in wanting a car at that moment? Maybe, maybe he'd be very astute. But if we infuse our children early on to have a sense of purpose, to have a goal and a dream that's outside of themselves, and we create goal-directed activities for them to do that, then they're not going to be as likely to be as selfish, for lack of a word, to do things just for themselves. If your kid, you know, learns how to read really well, let's get them out to help other kids read. Go serve. There's so many charities and so many opportunities to serve. So have your kids gain a greater sense of purpose that's outside of themselves. When they are older, they're going to be more likely to want to give back and they're going to have a greater worldview that's not as self-centered. They're going to have it. That Mm -hmm. happens during the adolescent years, but they're going to be more open to want to give beyond themselves instead of it being just about what I want at this moment when I want it. I like that idea. Victoria, have you had that experience? I remember when I was little, my mom would always encourage me to do what I liked. She would help me write stories because I wanted to become a writer. The things I did would go more for serving a purpose. And then that purpose kind of grew as she would encourage me. Like at first, I just wanted to write. Now I want to write to help kids who are my age with problems that I have with a blog I have. So having purpose most definitely drives someone. Victoria, that was great. Coming up next, we have another script for you guys. It's called, I'll Do It For You. Hovering parents make dependent children. Here we go. Gina, you almost ready to go? I told you I can't be late today. We have to leave in five minutes at the most. Gina, why aren't you dressed? I don't want to go to school. Lord help me, child, we don't have time for this. Get your butt upstairs and put the pants on. (coughs) Gina, do what I tell you. I don't want to. Get dressed. All right, Gina, you'll have to eat this on the go. Why aren't you dressed? You look the same as we did a minute ago. I don't know what to wear. Here, eat this. I don't want to. You like eggs. No, I don't. You have two minutes. Eat it. It's hard. Shoot, here. Blue jeans, white shirt. Lift your arms. I don't want to. What are you going to do when I stop picking your clothes out for you? Legs? I don't like this shirt. You could have picked another one. It's stupid. You like Wonder Woman. It's for little kids. Come on, downstairs. What, do I have to carry you? I'll carry you. We're not going to be late. Ah! Open your mouth. Strawberry yogurt. Ah! All right, let's just clean your face and grab your shoes. Do you have your backpack? I don't know where it is. Maybe it's in the car. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Ah! 
wow, that sounded a little too real. <laughs> wow, we just heard a millennial mom with her seven-year-old boy. Now, she was rushing to get out of the house on time. But then we saw her, or we heard her very irritated by her son, who, well, he can't dress himself as a result of years of hovering. And because there are too many options available to the child, so we heard her dress him, feed him, and then get him out to the car, enabling his dependency on her. Many parents that are listening to us right now can probably relate to that, Dr. Laos. Sure. I mean, again, it's because we're running on a clock. A little empathy for our parents, but excruciating painful sometimes to sit and let our kids do things because they do it wrong. They don't do it the way we want them to do it. And we got to let go of that little bit of control because we know we can do it better. There's little things outside of the time when we're in a hurry, like in the morning, I get it. Maybe that's not the best time to teach your kid how to do things on their own. <laughs> but outside of that time, you know, when you guys are home in the weekend, mm-hmm. can you teach them things? I know it's really annoying when they do the dishes and they don't do it the right way. You can do it better. But if they don't learn how to do these little things on their own and you don't just pull back, that hovering is going to create a sense of them not being able to make decisions later. I've had a chance to meet with school social workers today in high school as well as middle school. One of the biggest complaints that they have given to me is that their kids seem to be incapable of making decisions. There's just a lack of security or just confidence in being able to make very basic decisions. And how do you gain a sense of confidence if it isn't by making decisions? And yes, making Mm -hmm. mistakes, learning from those mistakes. You know, maybe they'll put the clothes on the wrong way. Let them do it. They'll learn. And maybe that's where the phenomenon mommy's boy is born. (laughs) (laughs) Doctor, I'm assuming this is going to have like negative secondary effects. What could happen to them in their adolescence and also their adulthood? Well, we've seen it at work. I mean, we've seen it that they have some problems at work being able to move forward because they're not able to make decisions for their own, even minor ones. And some bosses will recognize this, be frustrated. And your relationships in the future, how is that going to work out when you are in a romantic relationship and you are just feeling very insecure about yourself having someone trying to be your better half which means really be all you because they have to make decisions for you and then Mm -hmm. that creates a counterbalance so in relationships we could see that that also is affected again parents let them just do things and they're not going to be perfect think of them 20 years down the road what kind of an adult do you want them to be What kind of a husband or a wife do you want them to be? Definitely. Victoria, have you ever experienced this? Have you seen it with your peers? A line that my mom has used with me and my sister and my brother, what will you do without me or when I'm not around anymore? (laughs) Well, that's the thing. You need to teach us what we're going to do when you're not around because you're not going to be around forever. Yeah, you shouldn't be helping your kids do everything, even if they're doing it wrong. If they do it wrong, well, that means they're going to learn. Life is all about mistakes. You have to learn from your mistakes. That was amazing. I think we all want Victoria's yeah. daughter. Yes. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Thanks for that feedback. Doctor, many people feel that millennial generation, they feel like they deserve more than they get in life. They should be catered to. Is this a possible reason why they have that mindset? Yeah, you know, I'm not going to do the total millennial bashing right now, because I know (laughs) that there's all sorts of videos that kill millennials for this and that, and, you know, everybody Mm -hmm. has a little chant of the millennials are entitled, and we all know millennials that are not entitled and that Mm -hmm. are hardworking. There is a good swath of individuals that, because they're given everything and they're catered to, 
they expect that. But that happens in different cultures. I mean, we've seen it in the Latino culture too, right? Mm-hmm. You've got a little boy, he's sitting on a table, he's used to the food being put right on his playset. He's never asked to put that away. And so then he grows up and he expects that that's things how it should be. His wife should serve him. What's the vision that you want for your kids on the long haul? And if you cater to them and you do things for them, you are creating a sense of things should be given to me. Many parents may feel that based on their past experience, they weren't taken care of as much by their parents for whatever reason it may have been. And they're trying to avoid them having a similar experience. How can we create that balance, doctor? I think the vision earlier of a coach is a great vision. You know, a coach is not playing the game, but he's giving them a game plan. Mm -hmm. He's cheering them on. He's making strategic changes and moves. And that's what we need to do as parents. We have, you know, rules of the game that we know the rules of life, and we need to walk with our kids so that we teach them those goals. But we don't play the game for them. They have to play the game themselves. You mentioned that they'll especially learn the conditions required for them to behave or not to behave a certain way. And they'll know who they can go to and who they can get what they want from, right? Oh, yeah. We've learned that. We've all known which parent we can go to to get the chocolate and which one we don't. We know we can get that from the grandparents, but maybe not from the mom or the mom. Mm -hmm. Kids are great manipulators, right? I'd love to hear Victoria's Victoria's take take on that one. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever done this, but you'll go to one parent and say, can I have this? And if they say no, you'll just go to the next one. And then eventually you'll just skip going to that first one and cutting out the middleman. I think we've experienced a little bit about (laughs) So yeah, once we learn which one's going to be like the one that's always going to treat us like a baby who's going to do everything for us, we're going to get used to it and it's going to become a habit, it's going to become an instinct, and it's going to be addictive because that's what happens. There you have it. How do we break the bribe cycle? Get together with your child's parent, the other parent, and come together with some strong boundaries and some rules together to have harmony in that way. Make sure that you give reasonable autonomy to your children in the sense that you give them two or three options and have them choose within those two or three options that are desirable and developmentally appropriate. And if you do that consistently, then kids will learn that they really can't manipulate or get away with it. Support each other. So if your your husband says no, and you might think that yes is okay, just support him at this time, you know, verbally. Maybe later on in closed doors, in your bedroom, you can talk about your disagreeing with that situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as it's not an abusive situation, really is okay. Your kid can't handle the no. That way your child knows that they can't pin you against each other. Then that creates all sorts of marital mm-hmm. conflict. We're going to go into another skit from I don't want to to I got this. Let's see how we can do that. Hmm, what else do we need? Can you grab some asparagus and some Brussels sprouts? Uh, gross! Look who's picky all of a sudden. What vegetable do you want to eat tonight? I don't want to eat a vegetable tonight. Well, we have to. Can we just skip it? We can have steak, stuffing, and strawberry ice cream. That's like four of the five food groups right there. Meat, grains, dairy, and fruit. I don't think strawberry ice cream counts as a fruit. And you need to eat vegetables. Why? You know why. But they suck. Do you like french fries? Duh. Okay, then. We can have french fries. With sweet potatoes or carrots. Which one sounds good to you? Carrots aren't french fries. Well, french fries aren't even french, so who can say what a french fry really is? You're just trying to trick me into eating vegetables. Correct. But which vegetable would you hate less as a fry? Sweet potato or carrots? Carrots, I guess. Don't sound too excited about it. Grab the carrots. Carrots. 
Remember, always cut away from yourself. Stay on the cutting board. I remember. Nice job. We'll make a chef out of you yet. Okay, that's plenty, don't you think? Go ahead and grab that measuring cup. Okay. And measure out your oil. Now pour it into the bowl. Okay. Now we put all the carrots into the bowl. Thank you. And we seal the lid real tight. Got it. Is it tight? Mm-hmm. Then shake it up. Why? You want to get oil all over the fries. That way they don't burn in the oven. Now start shaking. Shake, shake, shake. Okay. <laughs> Come on, you can shake harder than that. Put a little elbow grease into it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Easy there, tiger. Do they look good to you? Yeah! Now, last but not least, seasoning. What do you want on your fries? Salt, pepper? Salt. So shake a little bit of salt on them. Just a little. Nice. Do you want anything else? Mmm, sriracha. Oh, yeah, me too. That goes on after you bake them. We don't want burnt sriracha fries. No, we do not. Now go ahead and open that oven door for me, please. Be careful. Ovens are very hot. I know, I know. And in go the fries. And now we wait. Can you help me with the chicken? Sure. What sound does the chicken make? Cluck, cluck. Cluck. That's not a chicken sound. Have I taught you nothing? This is a chicken sound. <laughs> All right, let's see how we did. Can I try one? Of course. Be careful. It's hot. Okay. What do you think? Is it any good? This is awesome. How is it with sriracha? Oh, man. It's like there's a party in my mouth and everyone's invited. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Go set the table, would you? For sure. Well, that um, developed an appetite in me. We have this young child who doesn't like to eat his vegetables. However, his mom applies great strategy to make him an active part of the cookie process and then gave him tasks to complete what they cooked together. In the end, this child was eating his entire meal happily. What did we see the mom do here, doctor? Well, lots of things. I think one is she invested some time, engaged the child to cook and do something together. And I think that in itself just fosters a good relationship. She created a sense of, again, autonomy, letting him be a part of the process. And kids want to learn. They're really curious. And so when you appeal to their curiosity and to their natural sense of wanting to learn, then they get more involved and they want to eat. Jeez, if you do it twice a month, Mm -hmm. you create in them a sense of ownership and you want to foster a relationship with mm-hmm. them during the mealtime because it's something positive. Mm-hmm. The cool thing, you just do it once or twice and it generalizes often to other meals. Cool. They're less skeptic about it because they've had an opportunity to do something with you. And it also just creates a positive vibe around meals and vegetables. What do you think about this, Victoria? You want to feel like you're a part of something or you're a part or you're important or that your opinion matters. It helps you learn. Great feedback, Victoria. Thank you so much. You know, how do you tap into their interest at such an early age? You just keep trying. Sometimes there's tasks that we associate as parent only, child only, and then we isolate them until they're 18 and they leave the house and they have to do these things. Exactly. And then they get whammed by the world. Mm-hmm. So why don't we just involve them in everything, even little things like budgeting your clothes for the start of the school year. Think about a time that you did something for yourself and how awesome it felt Mm -hmm. and how proud you were. When you rob your children of that, what are you doing to them? They're not going to want to do things later on. They're not going to know that feeling. Let them experience doing those things, even if it's hard, it develops grit and character in life. According to research, when the students have control over their own learning, their interests can be developed long term and be more stable. Can you tell us more about this? 
it goes again with establishing goals. Think about it in the workplace. If your supervisor solicits your opinion about what the goals are going to be for that year, those goals, you're going to own them more and then you're going to be more likely to execute them. When I tell you what those goals are going to be, that's interesting. And I know that as a supervisor, they might have some of that. You got to obviously tell them what are some of the overall big goals that as mm-hmm. a company or as the organization is going. But when you impose things always on your kids, sometimes they resist. Now, there is household rules that as a house we're going to yes impose and it's going to be this way in the house and you as a parent want to enforce that how much is giving too much control we don't want to be lenient either kids still need guidance a lot of it they need rules they need to understand too much choice also creates chaos and it creates a sense of confusion you got to give some boundaries as well well it's been a great learning experience here's a recap of the points that we talked about when you're trying to decide to bribe or not to bribe. Number one, remember, escalation of bribes can affect kids negatively. Reward when you can build upon, and this will help them develop a positive habit. Number two, hovering parents make dependent parents. Remember this, help them rather become independent. Number three, appeal to their autonomy. Tap into their interest and get them involved so that they will gladly complete the tasks on their own. Dr. Laos, uh, would you like to add anything? Also, uh, Victoria. Teaching kids is in a more basic image. You can think of it of teaching them how to ride a bike because you can't hold on to the bike forever, but you can help them in the first pushes, right? Mm-hmm. Tap into what's going to help that child want to ride the bike by themselves. Provide the skills, coaching for them to get to that. And we do that by being mindful of bribes. Let's not really rely on that tactic too much. If you're doing it too much, pull back and think about what's intrinsically going to motivate your children. The first thing we talked about in this podcast is autonomy. We're going to talk about others later on, but think about that today. What will preserve a sense of autonomy in your child? Dig into that in Mm -hmm. order to engage them to do the activity or the task that you would like to see them do. And they will flourish. Thank you to both of you for sharing uh, with us your expertise on this special parenting series, The Struggle is Real, to help motivate our children. And thank you, Omar, also for sharing your personal input as a father. Thanks to our audience for listening. And remember, don't miss the next podcast. It's titled Go for the Heart. And it's going to be a good one. We'll talk about how you can appeal to your child's feelings to keep them super motivated a lesson you do not want to miss for a full guide on how to motivate your kids get doctors alicia laos and paul myers parenting book the struggle is real now available on amazon.com and also at familybridgesusa.com this was the struggle is real a podcast by family bridges remember to follow us on social media at family bridges with the hashtag the struggle is real i am omar ramos and i'm veronica cruz until next time This was The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle is Real by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com.